Good morning. Good morning. And welcome on this rather frigid Martin Luther King Sunday and the second Sunday of Epiphany. Uh, I've heard it said that the Episcopalians are God's chosen frozen, and I would say today we give full meaning to that as we gather for worship. Just one quick liturgical note that I've been meaning to share with everybody since we've uh, reconvened. We have many new people with us. Uh, if you are going through the service and you see a piece of music that's marked as S, as in Sam, and then a number, that piece is service music and it's found at the very front of the blue hymnal. And so if you want to follow along with a new piece of service music that you're not familiar with, the S guides you to the very front of the hymnal. On that note, please stand and join in singing hymn number seven. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your, that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from the book of Isaiah. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest, until her vindication shines out like the dawn, and her salvation like a burning torch. The nation shall see your vindication, and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be ter termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate. But you shall be called, my, my delight is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall, your, your, so shall your, your builder marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but, but, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit of the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the discernment of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by the one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our sequence hymn this morning is hymn 440, 
Blessed Jesus, at thy word, we'll sing the first two verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the third verse after. Please stand. <clears throat> Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. many are wondering after hearing this morning's gospel and those who know that Maureen and I are the parents of two young women about to get married this year if I have any new insight to offer from this week's gospel 
And the answer you will find out is probably no, other than what I have learned as the father of two brides is just be quiet because you're just going to get in the way anyway. And that is the life I lead at this time. But that said, we have a very unique gospel reading because once again in year C we hear mostly from the gospel of Luke. But this week, the second week in Epiphany, we move back into John. And John is unique to the four gospels, not just because he's not one of the synoptics, but because he does not use the baptism or a healing to markate or demarcate Jesus' beginning in his ministry and revelation of himself. If you think to Luke, right in the very beginning, there is the revelation of who Jesus is as the divine Son of God, the incarnate Word in the world, through his birth story, through the use of a star and the guidance of angels to the shepherds to see the divine birth. Matthew reveals who the Christ child is by using that same star and bringing the Magi to Jesus' home. But John is different. He uses a wedding in which to reveal Jesus to the world. And Jesus has already called the disciples to him. Because we hear that last statement saying, and now the disciples believed. But what is it that goes on at this wedding? And why this point that John chooses to begin Jesus' revelation of self? Especially when we are confronted with what I think is the most bizarre and stilted dialogue throughout the Bible. That dialogue that has Mary looking at Jesus and saying, they're out of wine. And Jesus, who I'm assuming knows the fifth commandment being, honor thy mother and father, says, woman, what is that to me or to you? I.e., basically, mom, mind your own business. And then Mary turns around and says to the servant, do what he says. I love the fact that Eric Thistler, a Midwestern congregational minister, when analyzing this dialogue, says there is no way to sanitize it. There is nothing to look back in ancient history and say, oh, these were really words of endearment coming from Jesus' lips. Because they weren't. But then, Willa Gaffney, an African-American cleric, and the writer of the Women's Lectionary, when analyzing this passage, looks at it from the perspective of a mother telling her child, it's time to move out into the world on your own. And it's kind of pushing Jesus along in this moment in the same way many of us did when our children were four and five and we placed them on the school bus for the fir very first time by themselves and said, you can do it. It's time. So Willa says, this is what's going on. Mary knows it is Jesus' time. Jesus is not quite ready to begin to move into that phase of ministry. And she says, the wine is out. Now's your moment. But then as we go further into that dialogue, Jesus' response, other than mom, leave me alone, is really about saying to her, the relationship is now about to shift. The relationship of mother and child is shifting to a relationship that is about disciple to rabbi. For in this moment, 
in keeping with what we learned in our Finding Mary chorus in the words of Eileen Lindemann, Mary in the Gospels represents not just the mother of Jesus, but first Christian prophet and first disciple. And so as Mary then turns from Jesus to the servant and says, do what he tells you, what she is really saying is, follow him. He will take care of the problem. And she does so with confidence and faith in her son and in her Lord. It is so wonderful that when we delve into the Gospels, when we take the time to discover the Mary of the Bible and divorce her to some degree from the Mary of tradition, what we find, like so many of the saints, is a wonderful human being to whom we can relate and from whom we see our lives reflected. For how often is it that we, like Mary, look to God and say, basically, in our own words, the wine has run out. Now do something about it. Completely filled with the intent to tell God exactly what God is to do in terms of solving the problem. How often is it that we turn in prayer to God not to listen, but to tell and instruct. But what Mary shows us is that in our relationship as followers of Christ, we are not here so much to say, God, listen to me, because here's what we think we should do, but to acknowledge that it is truly already in God's hands, and to heed the words of the psalmist, to patiently wait upon the Lord. Mary, in turning to the servants and saying to them, do what he tells you to do, is in essence following the gospel story of the bridesmaids who with their lamps go and prepare for the arrival of the bridegroom by waiting in the village streets for Jesus to arrive. It is our role to follow that lead of Mary, to wait faithfully and with trust in knowing that God will provide. But our story doesn't end here, because Jesus does respond. Jesus does accept the nudging of his mother and he instructs the servants to fill the jars of purification with water. And then we all are familiar with the miracle of the water being turned into the finest of wine. But what is that about as well? Is it about just making sure that a wedding did not go without the required wine that a family needed? Or is John showing us something different? Are we not looking through the lens of this festival, this great event, as a way of John telling us the bridegroom has arrived? That at this point, the marriage between heaven and earth is taking place, and the true banquet is about to begin the heavenly banquet itself. And just like as Jesus and the disciples have been invited to that wedding, we too are invited to the wedding feast that has just begun, where the finest of wines is about to be served in abundance. And all we need for admission is one simple thing, to follow the example of Mary, to wait patiently and faithfully and with confidence that God will arrive 
and the kingdom will come. That is the invitation to those who wait and watch and look for the signs that God is among us and the kingdom has arrived. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, almighty God, that all who confess your name may be, un may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and, re and receive your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the earth as our own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray especially for Terry, Emma, and Alexandra Shaw, Manuel Safantes and Anne Capeza, and Winifer Scatbull. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for the center of reconciliation and all who seek to reconcile in our state, nation, and world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled, that we may pray, that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And on this Martin Luther King weekend, we give thanks for all who have led in the path of justice and have, so, and have sought to right the wrongs no matter what the consequences to their lives may be. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor.
most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace be with you. Peace. Peace be with you. Please be seated. Again, a warm welcome to everyone this morning. It's wonderful to see so many on this holiday weekend here with us, and especially having to defrost our cars and all that goes with this extreme cold. Uh, just a handful of announcements this morning. First, for those who have not seen the ENET this week, uh, our annual meeting is going to be delayed two weeks, and it will take place on Sunday, February 13th. Uh, that gives us time and wiggle room in case anything breaks down in the office due to somebody coming down with COVID. It also will give um, Ron and I a chance to begin looking at logistically how we can offer the meeting in a hybrid format. For those who will be attending the meeting in person, uh, what we do plan to do is our usual schedule. There'll be one service that morning, and that'll take place at 9 a.m., and then we will promptly begin the meeting at 10.15. My goal is to make everything available through Zoom, and we'll put that link out the week be before through the eNet. Um, so keep your eye on the eNet for any more information on that. Um, the only difference this year is I know being on Zoom for two hours feels like an eternity, and so we will suspend having a homily during the 9 o'clock service, and I will give my address to the congregation at the beginning part of the um, meeting so that people who are Zooming in uh, just for the meeting can have that part of the um, meeting as well. The annual report, once again, will be made available just before the annual meeting by PDF on the eNet. So also look for that the week leading up to February 14th. Also, thank you to everyone who has reports that are due in. They were due in on Friday. Uh, I am so thrilled to say that we've gotten 98% of our reports in, which is a modern miracle for this congregation. The only ones that are outstanding is my report. <laughs> And the treasurer's report, which um, never gets in until the end of the month because of how the accounting's done. But everyone else who was able to get the reports in have done so on time. And so on behalf of Mary Ellen and myself, thank you that allow us to put together a really nice report this year. All right, now that I'm done talking about the business meeting of the church this year, I want to move forward and look at what's coming up. And that is on Wednesday and Thursday, we have our Zoom Bible studies. Our Wednesday study is at noon. Everyone is invited to attend, and we are in the midst of the book of Acts. And I think we've made it to the next chapter. And so we'll begin looking at the um, conversion of Paul this week and moving forward as we see how the church extends out into the known world. On Thursday evening, we have a second Zoom Bible study at 7 p.m. Again, everyone's welcome. We are journeying through the book or the Gospel of Luke. We are now in the midst of going through the Sermon on the Plain, and um, we're taking it very slowly, I think, but we'll get through it eventually. But again, you are more than welcome to join us if you want to just try it out and say, hey, does this work for me or not? You're more than welcome to do so. This week, for the first time, we had someone zoom in to our Wednesday noon Bible study from Long Island. And so um, we thought that was kind of interesting and neat, and we had some other new people join us. So always open for people to come try it out. If you enjoy it, stay with us. If you don't, that's okay too. Also beginning on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m., we will start Episcopal 101. 
And that also will be offered on Zoom because that allows us to avoid any weather interruptions, which we get so often during this time of year. And that is for anybody who is new to the Episcopal Church and would like to know in detail our understanding of the sacraments and doctrines of the church and also a little bit about how we function as a church. During those courses, I, during those sessions, I do compare and contrast what we believe, how we do business in comparison to mainline Protestant churches and also to the Roman Catholic churches, not to say one is better than the other, but just simply to point out where we divert and where we're slightly different. So our variations on the theme, as I like to say. So that begins on February the 1st, and sign-up is available through e Eventbrite and or through the office by simply calling and letting, them, letting Mary Ellen know that you wish to join and be part of that course. Also, if you are a longtime member of the Episcopal Church, like me, and haven't had a refresher course in what we believe since your confirmation days, which, again, if you're like me, you've forgotten all that already, you're more than welcome to join us as well. And finally, in your bulletins this morning, mine is devoid of it because I pulled it out, there is a flyer for flowers and uh, sanctuary lamp orders for the spring leading up through Easter and into May. Uh, please, if you are interested and desire to reserve a Sunday for a memorial or a Thanksgiving, um, take some time and fill that out and let the office know so the weekends or the dates that you have on that form are the dates that we're currently open and looking for floral donations. Those are all of my announcements at this time. Did I miss anything? On that note, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us in offering and sacrifice to God.
now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us join together in singing hymn 542, Christ is the world's true light. Thanks be to God. Okay, I'll the camera's